0: Episode 11, The Taking of Vocus. Everything changes, yet some things still remain the same. New CEO, new board, and I retire. Thank you everyone for the multitude of comments I've received and the very positive feedback. I've posted some of the feedback on the site. As i writing this episode, over 72,000 people have tuned into the story. Prior to John Ho's appointment, and shortly after John's appointment, I was deeply concerned about a number of things. Corporate governance seemed to have dissipated. I met with Vaughan to discuss my issues. Rhoda was the chair of three committees, something she was very proud of, and executives were getting promoted, whose performance, well, you can judge for yourself. Vaughan was staunchly loyal to the M2 directors and staff, and board decisions were being made outside of the boardroom. These decisions included, a fairly large piece of transformation work was outsourced and the price discussed at the board meeting was $1 million. But suddenly in the minutes, the amount was $10 million. So the contract went from $1 million to $10 million with no discussion at a board meeting. After Jeff's resignation, Rhoda offered to help put together Jeff's termination package. On the 23rd of February 2018, there was a board meeting to discuss this. From the paper presented, it was difficult to determine the exact amount that Jeff was to receive. The package was tabled with what I perceived to be very narrow external legal advice. I was concerned that the board were not being told the full amount of the payment in the obscure way it was written. Once we had established the actual amount, I expressed concern but was told there was precedent. No one could tell me who else had received such a package but I kept sharing its precedence. The paper was redone with obscurity removed. It seemed it was already approved by the majority so there was no point in discussing this further. After John Ho's appointment on the 8th of January, John started bringing an absorber to the board meetings, a gentleman by the name of Zai. Zai was excellent. He was doing a lot of work for John and the board in trying to analyze and untangle the M2 numbers and we needed this. This caused unhappiness with Bob. I was asked to support a board decision to prevent Xi attending board meetings, but I thought Xi was adding tremendous value. Bob was very angry that I would not give my support and made it clear that directors needed to be unanimous. This contrasted sharply with later board meetings, when directors were not unanimous. If the matter had already been decided outside of the board meeting, Bob said, let's vote to cull any further discussion. Previously at Vocus, we managed to achieve consensus by discussion, And if one was against something, one had to enunciate one's point and then either more work was done or someone explained why your point was incorrect. This always produced the best results. On the 2nd of March, Bob called me to say that Vaughan and Craig were going to resign. This became one of the most bizarre conversations I've ever had. The conversation was so bizarre that I prepared a transcript afterwards and sent this to Bob and a number of other directors. The full transcript of this conversation is not for this podcast or this time, but maybe for another time. To summarize, Bob seemed to be very upset that I told John what was going on at focus. David Spence and I displayed the same courtesy to Bob, having numerous meetings with him from the date of his appointment on exactly the same topic, but Bob seemed to be blaming me for the upcoming resignations, and I'm not sure what they had to do with me. John had done his own due diligence, and directors are supposed to know what was going on within any company when they join as a director. In any event, it would have taken John or Zai a week or so longer to work out the two state of affairs. Two days later, and barely two months after John was appointed, on 5 March, Bogus announced that Bob would be appointed chair and Vaughan believed it was now time for him to resign from the board. Craig Farrer elected to resign at the same time. On 6 March, financial review in an article by Chanticleer headlined, Vocus chairman Vaughan Bowen insists departure wasn't driven by investors. When Vocus chairman Vaughan Bowen told his leadership team that he was stepping down as the chairman of junior telecommunications group Vocus on Tuesday, he joked he was looking forward to becoming one of those pesky shareholders busting their balls. No doubt Bowen and his team know exactly what that feels like, particularly after the last eight days during which Vocus removed chief executive Jeff Horth and then handed Bowen's job to deputy chair Bob Mansfield, the former Telstra chairman. To mangle a famous Oscar Wilde quote, to lose a chief executive may be regarded as misfortune, but to lose a chairman a week later looks like carelessness. But Bowen insists there's logic here. Having decided Horth should go to give the company some clear air, Bowen said he sat down with Mansfield and asked him if he was up for the chairman's job. Mansfield was already in charge of finding horse replacement, and Bowen argued that it would be better if the new CEO didn't have a chairman with ties to the past. Mansfield agreed, and the board did too. Clearly, the shareholders of BOCUS are keen for a change after a horror 18 months in which the company's share price had fallen from a peak of $9.29 in mid-2016, to the current level of $2.38. The stock rose 5.5% on Tuesday. The company has suffered through a terrible case of post M&A blues after struggling to digest more than $5.8 billion of acquisitions and mergers in the past three years. The most notable of these was the 3.8 billion combination of Vocus and M2, which Bowen founded and Horth ran. But Bowen insists that his departure was not a decision driven by upset investors and says the company shareholders are understanding of the work that needs to be done to turn the business around. Still, more than a few market observers have noticed that since January, the Bokers board has included John Ho, the founder of Hong Kong-based fund Jancor Partners. The change since then, and particularly the ending of the M2 era, has been extraordinary. Cohen says he will have no problems handing over the reins, and despite his joke about being a pesky shareholder, he doesn't plan to be interfering with the recovery that Mansfield and the new chief executive will need to push ahead with. But he remains a bogus believer, pointing out that he spent almost $250,000 on shares late last year. He described the company's assets and share prices undervalued. That may be, but convincing the market to re-rate the business will take some time. On 27 March, Vocus put out an ASX release that confirmed there was a sales process with its New Zealand assets. The New Zealand business was a strong business and included some of the Vocus assets, including the FS networks, which Vocus had acquired in 2014 for 115 million New Zealand dollars. FX networks had 4,200 kilometers of a high quality fiber network and data centers. Barely a month later, Bocus put out another announcement saying it had concluded the sales process for New Zealand as it was in the best interest of shareholders for Bocus to retain this business. On 21 May 2018, Kevin Russell was appointed Group Managing Director and CEO and Mick Simmons returned his position as Chief Executive, Enterprise and Wholesale. IT News on 21 May 2018 stated, Exec brought in to lead Trouble Telco, Vocus has secured the services of long-time retail telecommunications executive, Kevin Russell, as his new CEO, following Jeff's Hall's exit in February. He comes into Vocus after most recently completing a stint as Telstra's group executive of retail. Russell has also previously led Optus's consumer business. However, he is probably best known in Australia as the former CEO of Hutchinson Telecommunications, presiding over the Orange One CDMA service, and his rebranding is three. On the same day, CRN in an article headlined, Vocus names former Telstra consumer boss, Kevin Russell as CEO. In the weeks following Kevin's appointment, a very close family friend of mine's son who was working at Vocus contacted me. I had nothing to do with his appointment. He was extremely bright and I was led to believe an up and coming star and on track to achieve his KPIs. He was unhappy with some of his discoveries at Vocus and wanted to share them with me. After listening to what he had to say, I asked Kevin to have an incompetent chat with him. I do believe that knowledge is power and it was my responsibility to let Kevin decide what if anything he wanted to do with the information. This guy was fired a week later. To say I was devastated would be an understatement. I don't think he's firing had anything to do with his meeting with Kevin rather to make way for some new employee. But I think the meeting did complicate his life and it should have been handled differently. By whom or how, I don't really know. On the 9th of July, Vocus announced that Rodolfo Filippo and I would resign, effective from 22nd of August 2018. It went on to say, Mr. Brett has been a long serving member of the Vocus board. He founded the first wine fund in August 1998 and continued to serve as a non-executive director of the company after it acquired Vocus in 2010 and relisted on the ASX at Vocus Communications Limited. Both immediately and prior to and following the merger with M2 Group, Mr. Brett served as chair of the audit committee until July 2017, when he was succeeded in this role by David Rudowski. He also served as a member of the risk and remuneration committees respectively during his tenure as a non-executive director. Mr Brett said, it has been an incredible honor to be a member of the VOCUS board and to work with so many talented board members, members of the management team and wonderful employees. Mrs Filippo joined the VOCUS board in February 2016 following the merger with M2 Group, which was appointed as a non-executive director in March 2015. Following the merger, Mrs. Filippo served as chair of the Risk Committee, the Wholesale Energy Risk Management Committee, which was a subcommittee of risk, and the Technology and Transformation Committee, as well as a serving member of the Remuneration Committee. i thoroughly enjoyed the journey with M2 Invokers. The business has a great future and the right leadership in place to take advantage of its unique market position, Mrs. Filippo said. On 26 July, Focus hired former Telstra Channel Chief Charlotte Schraw, joining a growing list of executives, jumping ship between the telecommunications rivals. On the 22nd of August, both Rhoda and I left the board. It was no secret that I didn't want to retire from the board. I'd worked tirelessly from the MPO, including the merger with M2. I knew the steps we had to take to fix the issues at M2 and discussed this with most board members. While I'm in total agreement of board renewal, there had been a lot of changes, and knowledge is power, and it makes it easier to fix something if one knows what has transpired. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't make any difference. Maybe the pretense that all issues are new is the way to go. Board coherence is important, but everyone having to agree all the time with everything does not make good corporate governance. But that is a podcast for another day. On the same day, BOCUS announced its results to the market to 30 June 2018. In Bob's address at the AGM he stated, it became clear that we needed something different at board and executive level to properly execute on the opportunities in front of us. We all agreed at that point we had to make significant changes from the top, he goes on to say. When he became chairman in March this year, his priority was to recruit a new CEO. That was something James Spencey and Tony Grist had said, which became very public in August 2016. And David Spence and I had been telling Bob almost from the time he was appointed to the VOCUS board. John realized that change was necessary and something different was needed at board and executive level. By Bob's own admission, and something he failed to admit in public, this was something that should have been done much earlier. When the decision was finally made, Bob really had no choice in the matter. Barely two years later, on 27 October 2020, Bob was admitted into the industry hall of fame at the Commerce Day Edison Awards. On 9 November, Belong founder Anthony de Jong was appointed as the M2Boss. Belong was the budget telco division of Telstra. I had some interesting messages from a number of people about the great takeover by Telstra people, but hadn't really appreciated the extent of it. I have nothing but respect for Telstra, as long as you are not on hold with their call center. Telstra is a great business and does have a lot of very good people. So why not employ as many as one can, especially some of their best people, to be continued.